Okay, everybody, this week's episode of The Beat is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that Michigan and Michigan State football and basketball ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Uh, the app itself shows you uh, some pretty cool features with uh, panoramic pictures of the seat selection that you've picked. So uh, if you're buying a ticket for Michigan, Michigan State next week at Michigan Stadium, you can see exactly where you'll be sitting, where the person you're coming with will be sitting, all that good stuff. Um, you can buy a ticket in two taps, of course. That's uh, kind of the signature part of the app. Uh, also, college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, when that comes back around, you can do NHL or NBA games right now going on. So uh, any ticket to any sport uh, is involved with uh, with game time, also concert tickets and theater tickets. So uh, head to the App Store or the Play Store now to download game time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. To another episode of The Beat with yours truly, Nick Bumgarner, here with Brendan Quinn in Ann Arbor and Otis. And Otis. Just entered the room as well. Brendan, how are we doing? I'm great, Nick. How are you? Doing well. You're back after a trip to Manhattan? Yes. Went uh, well? Went well. Not for uh, Michigan State, I suppose, but no, there'll be but, good things for them to learn out of that. No, but I mean, man, as not, I hate like to start the sentence like, well, you know, as I get older, but... Um, <laughs> Like, literally, as I get older and more ornery, trips to New York get that much more annoying. And Well, you're doing it wrong. You flew to JFK like a fool. But I didn't do Nork. Oh, wait, I didn't tell you this. Now you you actually get to hear this story for the first time live on air. Uh, So I had the... Didn't realize the the flight that I got was into JFK out of LaGuardia. Oh, Ruh, bro. Okay. So I take a here lift. we go. I take a lift from Midtown to JFK. Yeah. I get out. It's empty. There's no one there. I'm like, oh, this is freaking amazing. Yeah. Let's go bopping through right up to uh, the uh, pre-check line. Buzz in. The lady looks at me. She's like, nope, wrong airport, bro. You were in the wrong airport. But then in like a scene right out of a movie, there's a, a some New York like security guard guy. He's like, what times you? What times you're boarding? I'm like. <laughs> An hour away, he's like, "You can make it. Go, go!" So I run out, get a cab. Dude drives like a uh, maniac. Got me there in yeah. 25 minutes from JFK. Wow, it's JFK like a to Florida. situation. Big time. Yeah, right. Made it in time. Got there early enough. Still beat Sean Windsor to the airport. Well, everyone beats Sean Windsor to the airport. He uh, shows up, you know, and, and holds on to the knocks on the plane door before they uh, close it. I got to tell you though. Um, you just did the same thing that a young lad who just started covering uh, Michigan that I used to work with. I didn't want to name his name, but Orion did the same thing, and uh, I and I gave him I gave him crap for it because Orion is a young twenty something year old, not not, not a his, grown man, a grown adult, not in his mid to late thirties. Yeah. We won't Who's get into done specifics. This many times? Yeah. yeah, flown in out of New York fifteen yeah. times for games. He had the same problem with Baltimore and uh, Reagan, at, oh. you know, in DC. He made it though. 
Baltimore uh, and right because well those are like a legit hour apart. Yeah, that's uh, oh, well uh, JFK and LaGuardia can be well traffic depending yeah. on the day. But Man. well, you made it back in one piece. You and Orion are travel companions now. Really. <laughs> <laughs> made it back in time. Made it back for this podcast. Thank God, because what what would the people do without it? I don't know. Um, a very special edition of the beat today for the people. Yes, but before we get into that. Um, Next week. Next week. We have a very special edition as well. Yes. We want to set up here. So there's a little football game next week. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware of, yeah, the, I'm aware. of yeah. the game that's next Saturday. I've been made aware a few times <laughs> from a few people. So we are putting this episode to you, mm-hmm. the people. Um, Nick is a native Michigander. I obviously am not. Yeah. Uh, he has a great understanding of this rivalry. I have a... I've lived here for six or seven years, understanding of the robbery. I don't uh, understand certain things, but we want to hear from you all on what Michigan, Michigan State football means to you. Why, more importantly, why you think it kind of seems to go from a level of fun rivalry to mm-hmm. kind of like eh, dangerously toxic yeah. situation. Right. Just what your thoughts are. And also, I want to know what it's like for you to watch the game. Is it even enjoyable? That's a good point. Because I gotta say, I think a lot of people. I could be wrong. Is it think, fun? Yeah, that's my question. <laughs> like, I think a lot of people have a lot of fun with it until the game starts. Yeah, and then they're like, "All right, I'm gonna go like watch a movie and tell me when this is over, please, because mm-hmm. I don't, I can't handle this." And so I want to. We want to know any experience you have with it, what it's like to for you to watch it, if you even enjoy it. If yeah. you do enjoy it, why? If you don't enjoy it, why not? If you're nervous, not nervous, whatever. Any reaction you have about what it means to you, if you're a Michigan State fan or a Michigan fan, yeah. whatever And anyone who's on a... On the voicemail. Any, yeah, I'll yeah. give the number in a second. But any, and anyone who's uh, active on Twitter, mm-hmm. something like people, these kind of fans who kind of grow into having social media like personalities and... Yeah, yeah. Takes a hit. You, you when know, you lose, you it take does. a hit yeah. for a year. A rough, <laughs> yeah, so that's a great point. So if any of you out there are of that uh, category, any of you uh, big Twitter following fans mm-hmm. who have built your persona on there and spend most of your time uh, on Twitter riling up the other one, yes. what's it like when you take the L that day and you got to spend the next uh, twelve months? So you've got uh, it. you've got about five or six or days. You win. You've got about five or six days to to share your thoughts with us. The the phone number is 248-579-997. That's 248-579-9977. Uh, we will play the best ones on next week's show and then share our thoughts. So we'll listen yeah. to a message uh, and then try to dissect and maybe give you a, uh, a free um, psychology. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into put, it. I mean, we'll, it's like we'll put you, you on the couch. Anything you want. Your favorite <laughs> game too. We can talk about that or your least favorite or your nightmare. We, or, we just ask you, yeah. most importantly, we just ask you to keep it to like a tight yeah. 30 or 45 <laughs> seconds. Don't drink a 12 pack and leave us a five minute these. voice. Yeah. <laughs> no time for that. It's not going to work. We'll, so. we'll, we'll put the number out again next week on Twitter before we start yeah. to make sure. But yeah, if uh, you're listening to this today, if you'll call in any time that, that voicemail works the same either way so uh with that we'll get to this week's show which is uh one you've been waiting for it is uh so i think i have a solid understanding of football sure uh growing up i didn't play but uh grew up watching it my whole life grew up with the uh 
Like the earliest memories would be those Randall Cunningham, Ooh. Buddy Ryan defense Eagles teams where you know the Cowboys were basically the Russians. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, my Sundays. I remember I would open up my window for every Eagles touchdown and bang pots and pans out the window. <laughs> Whether it was a day game or a night game, didn't matter. Mom and Dad let it go. I think they gave. You, I'm the youngest of six. They gave up at that point. Do you so. remember the Rodney Pete led Eagles playoff win over the Lions? Oh my God, it was yeah. amazing. It just wasn't amazing. It yeah. was just amazing. I mean, wasn't around here. Just the all time pantsing. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, as I got a touch older, so, you know, the first games I saw were in the 700 level of yeah. Veteran Stadium, and uh, that kind of shaped some of my uh, ideals, we'll say. But uh, so, Jeez. but it was never a big college guy growing up, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I grew up. I, one of my favorite first team. People are not going to like this. You yeah, know what it was? your favorite first team, Ohio State. Was that? Yeah, the Bobby Hoying. Oh, Bobby Hoying. Jeez. Orlando Pace, Eddie George. Yeah, who was the good. Joey Galloway? Yeah. That so Ohio, like mid nineties. That Ohio State yeah. team was my jam. Um, the good news is though, I hated Notre Dame right from the jump. All right. So there was that. Orlando Pace, <laughs> like the greatest offensive lineman yes. of all time. Yes. I saw him actually at. No, I, when, oh, when Michigan State and Ohio State played, I was up there, or down there, early this year, and I was walking around the corner in that press box, and the door opened, and he walked out, oh, and man. he's just still a mountain of a person, <laughs> like the biggest guy ever, and he still looks like yeah. he could go, you know, like he's not out of shape or anything, but so dude. So anyway, yeah, sorry. So the point is, the uh, with all of that, you know, Nick's obviously the... The football guy here, and I've always kind of, we've had uh, some playful banter over the years <laughs> of my thoughts on football. and um, But I do I do like the game. Yeah. But I think I'd, I watch it very much as the Joe Schmo get six beers. What are you doing? Watch the game, yeah. right? Everyone's an asshole. Yeah, right. And uh, everyone's wrong. So yeah. that's how I watch the right. game. And I feel like the majority of people. A lot of people do. Are this, maybe and that's the same fine. way. So yeah. we wanted to kind of sit here and... Nick is going to tell me how you watch how I watch football the game yeah and uh, maybe get a little education and we wanted to bring you all in on it yeah so that's where we are yeah so first first and foremost I don't want this to be like me pretending to be some coach because I'm not a coach so I don't but you are an expert I wouldn't say I'm an expert <laughs> but I've watched enough football throughout my life and played uh-huh. um, enough when I was in high school of course. To know the basic ideas of how this stuff works. Middleton. Stand Milling, up. Millington. Millington. For crying out loud. <laughs> We're already off to a horrible start uh, on this. <laughs> the proud, mighty Millington Cardinals. Not Middleton. I don't know. if That probably is a school somewhere oh, in the shit. state. But they're probably nowhere near as good. Um, as Mick McCabe would have you know. Uh, I did not have a decorated high school football career, but we were good. We won... Some conference titles and oh. things of that nature. That a boy. And you, anyway, and you were a. I was an offensive guard. Offensive guard. I was uh, basically the. I was the left guard. So in what we did back then, and we can get. I'll as we go through here, I can maybe illustrate that more. I was the pulling guard. Oh yeah. For most of the time. Oh, you're spry. And I athletic. actually like really. I'm gonna have you go back and remember for the loyal listeners, and I know you remember because you were there when we <clears> interviewed <throat> Cody Keeler. Oh yeah. Like, how can you forget our <laughs> Cody, which I was re- awesome. I remember that night. So Cody, <laughs> the way he described, obviously, first and foremost, Cody Keeler, obviously a much better athlete than I would ever claim to be. He's okay. a great player, played in college, everything else. So it's much more complicated than that for him. But the way he described how he played was, and a lot of times when we talked to him, it was just survival, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, 
I am just trying to get through to the next snap without right. me being the reason why we screwed this up. That was my entire high school football mm-hmm. career in a nutshell. I was the guy who, if I have to cut you 35 times, that's what we're going to do here. Okay? <laughs> like, if I'm lining up against a guy who's bigger, stronger, longer, everything else, I'm just going to cut him, like, all game long. I'm not going to get yelled at uh-huh. for for screwing this up. That was... If anyone out here or who listens, I know there are many who did, who you played high school football or you played high school basketball or hockey or what have you at a serious level on a team that was good. Yes. You know that you were mainly motivated by not being blamed right. for like something falling apart. So that's basically how I played. I was the, uh, I'll hold if I have to hold as long as you can't see it. We're going to do that. I'm going to cut you. I'm going to try to get in front of you. I'm not, I don't need to be driving you five yards off the ball. I just need to get my body in front of you enough to make sure that we're not uh, getting yelled at uh, when it's time to get yelled at. So. I already have a question. Okay. <laughs> so what's your question? Go for it. We can ask as we go before we get into this. So the Michigan game, was this last week where the two dudes on the left side of the, lo- the offensive line just dove at the guy's knees and they were like, yeah, they the were Maryland supposed to cut them. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, the, so they were trying to cut them, yeah. So here's a question. First of all, I thought that was illegal. No, to not just in the dive tackle into box. dudes' knees. So inside the, in the tackle box like that, Basically anything goes. I mean, you can't hold, but pretty much but it, anything else. I mean, isn't there a penalty cut a guy, for yeah. cut blocking though? Uh, out in space, like I think you can't. Like the chop block is like if you're cutting into the back of a guy yeah. where he can't see you. Uh, that's usually how a chop block will work. But you can even you can cut a guy out in space. Like if you're running, if you see a guard pull out and lead mm-hmm. a play, and he's running upfield, take and, out his and a linebacker's coming out. I mean, if it's head to head. If you're going head on, you know he's going head on the linebacker. You see him drop down. And see, but when I watch those play, when I watch that block, it looked like they were intentionally diving into the guy's knees at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, they're trying so that's, to cut him. That's fine. They're trying to cut him to get their hands down so they can't bat the pass so the ball and get out. That's what they're. That's what they were coached to do there. Okay. I mean, that was and it was just horribly executed. And gotcha. Michigan knew it was happening, and those guys were way too athletic for that to happen. It's actually the third time that's happened in a Michigan Maryland game, which is odd, but. Yeah, I can't no, they were Maryland's replaced its coaches like three times, right? And uh, continues to be just like a complete mess. <laughs> okay. But no, yeah, that was that was intended, and that's legal. You can do that. Um, so for the listeners like out there, my high school career was cut blocks. This is this is kind of my level of yeah. football knowledge here, and I you know I watch every every sure. Eagles game that I can, and watch you know all the Michigan Michigan State games. But um, yeah, like it's one of those things. The second the conversation gets to like a level of well, we don't technicality, need to get, we, don't, we don't need to get even that far no. into it. Because I think you, we can talk about some things that will help you understand maybe more. Let's go, man. Right? Uh, we don't need to t- talk about every single detail or every single rule because we're not coaches. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to be. And that's their problem to deal with. Now, you should know. But oh, Sorry, go ahead. As a teacher here, you should know that uh, I was on academic probation for most of my college <laughs> career and parts of my high school career. <laughs> Uh, you should also know that I uh, got through school the, the way I got through football, which was let's just get cheating. through the day figuring out how I can't get yelled at. That was pretty much how all, right. all that works. Well, here so. we go. We hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, <laughs> anyone who has any follow-up questions, just tweet yeah. at Nick, and he'll he'll answer your question. The questions. first thing to remember here is two things. Football is not as complicated as it looks. And I think that that's something a lot of people end up just assuming because there's 22 people on the field. There's a lot of people on the field, a lot going on. Not to say that it's a not complicated game, right. but like this in the same way basketball isn't as complicated as it looks. And it can be. You can make it complicated, but it's not as complicated as it looks. And some coaches like to make it sound like they are performing Correct. high level brain surgery. Right. right. And, and they're not. Right. And it's and it's a lot of times it's a handful of concepts that are just looked or you know dressed up differently. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and presented differently and things like that. But the first thing, and the other part of that too, was when you're watching a game on TV, the TV broadcast is different from what they call the coach's film, which is that all 22 right. up high yeah. camera, really high up in the air where you can see every player on the field. All 22 means you can see everybody yeah. on the field. So you can see what a pass route looks like. You can see what coverages look like. When you're watching on TV, you can't see. Right. You can see the run game, but you can't see much of what's going on in the secondary, and you can't see much of what's going on um, from a receiver standpoint. So with college football, when I do my film stuff, very rarely do you see me get into situations where I'm dissecting a pass game because I don't know what they're trying hmm. most of the time. I, unless they have that replay from directly behind the line, I, I can't see what they're doing. So right. I'm, I'm not going to – and I also – and. I make a point to not assign blame for someone who did something wrong mm-hmm. because I don't know what he's been taught, told to do in that assignment or that situation. I, I don't know. My, my whole thing when I do the film stuff, I want to find stuff that looks cool yeah. and I want to write about stuff that I think looks cool. <laughs> I'm not here to say this guy sucks because he screwed this up uh-huh. because half the time, I got to tell you, I don't know what he was told to do right. in that situation. I can identify what certain things are and if something looks cool, I can tell you why it looks cool and why that was pretty cool. <laughs> Right, and I think that's kind of this how is the I sophomore think, level I'm looking for. I think for. that's kind of how most people <laughs> should enjoy watching football. Sure, you don't need to be constantly watching, being like that guy should have done this and blah blah blah. Like, because for all you know, he miserable. did exactly what right, we exactly, and sometimes it just doesn't work. So, anyway, we'll start out with um, personnel groups. That's mm-hmm. that'd be number one. So you asked me earlier when you're watching a play uh, before before the play is snapped. If you're watching the offense, yes, what are you looking at as a tell or as something? Uh, and a lot of times it's formation, but it's also your personnel group, right? Mm-hmm. So your personnel groups are, it's a two-digit number. Uh, that's how they're labeled. Mm-hmm. And they're determined by, the, no- the first number would be the number of backs on the field. The second number would be the number of tight ends, okay? Remember, you got 11 players. Yeah. So you got five offensive linemen, a quarterback. That's six, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so then we're going to do, if we're in 22 personnel, we have two running backs yeah. and two tight ends. Yeah. And then we would have one receiver. So whatever rounds out to five to add on top of those six. This can be different if you have an extra offensive lineman in. But for our personnel, our purposes here, we're just going to talk about these, okay? Zero personnel, zero, zero, would be five wide receivers. Just five guys on the field who are receivers, which is actually much more, much rarer than you think. That is not run very often. Okay. True five actual receivers spread out. Nobody in the backfield. No tight ends. It's a little like Kurt Warner. This is your air raid. Uh, I mean, if you're yeah, if you're a Sonny Dykes fan in college football, the air raid stuff. I mean, they'll do that, mm-hmm. but it's not as it's it's more rare than you think. Uh, one personnel zero one would be no backs, one tight end, mm-hmm. and then four receivers. Mm-hmm. Again, kind of rare. You don't see that as much. Two would be no backs, two tight ends, and then three receivers. Again, you're not seeing that much because again, that would be you can what you can do is you can motion any of these personnels out to what they call empty, which is nobody in the backfield, and just right. spread the deck out right. wide. But some most of the time, you're gonna have a tight end out there, and usually you're gonna have a back out there too. Uh, Ten personnel is one that you do see a little bit more of, which is one back, four receivers, no tight ends. Mm-hmm. So you got one back and four actual receivers on the field. You'll okay. see that some Alabama runs that a lot because they've got. Just like badasses all over the place. I'm already going to tell you, I did not know that the... I kind of knew what the numbers meant. Yeah. I didn't know it was always running back tight end. Yeah, that's how they're determined. So if okay. you hear like Chris Collinsworth say they ran something out of 10 personnel, that's one running back, no tight ends, 
four receivers. Gotcha. Now, the most popular is 11. 11 is the one that most people, especially in the NFL, run everything out of. It's one back, one tight end, three receivers. Mm-hmm. And you can do... Two out, one slot. Yes. Yeah. You can also take one of your tight ends and put him out too. So you can have the bunch where you have three up top with you know a tight end, two receivers up top, one at the bottom, the back of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do that any number of ways. You can motion the back out and have him out wide. And so it looks like zero personnel, but it's still 11 because you've got a tight end and a running back out there. Right. So now you're, you're, you're doing all these things, and these personnel groupings matter basically on matchup for matchup's sake and what you're trying to run. You're only going to run certain things out of – if you're in 10 personnel, one back, no tight ends, four receivers, you're probably not going to run a downhill power play mm-hmm. offense. You're going to run something. You're going to be throwing the ball. Sure. In 11, you can do a lot of stuff. You can run. You can throw. It's pretty, you know, there's no tell there. It's mm-hmm. the standard, most popular, what everybody kind of works out of. Spread in college. Most college spreads work out of this a lot. Uh, Michigan didn't do this as much when Jim Harbaugh first got here, but Josh Gaddis being at Michigan, they do it a lot. Michigan State has started to go more to this as well. Uh, 11 is the most popular. 12 would be the second most popular, which is one back. Two tight ends, mm-hmm. two receivers. Um, you see this a ton in the NFL now because tight ends in the NFL are super athletic. They're just these crazy freak athletes, you know, like the Rob Gronkowski's and these guys right. who just change the game. And again, prefer, eleven and twelve. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is another great example. Uh, eleven and twelve are the ones where it's hard to tell sometimes because you can do a lot of play action out of that. Sure. You can run the ball in very in, in various different ways out of that. You can spread the field if you want to. There's any number of things you can do. Uh, 13 would be one back, three tight ends, one receiver. That's a goal line. That's pretty much just to get a goal line package. Um, 20 would be two backs, no tight ends, three receivers. You don't see that very often. No. 21 we see quite a bit. We That's probably the third most, which mm-hmm. would be two, two backs, one tight end, two right. receivers. So that's the old eye. You know, my high school football was run out of 21. We did fullback, tailback behind him. Sometimes the guy was offset or something, but usually it was, the, you know, the eye, the fullback. Pulling tailback, the shit out of that guard. Right. Tight end. There you go. <laughs> two receivers, and we're, mm-hmm. and we're off and running. That yeah. was like 90s football, right? <laughs> still still used quite a bit. Even the, sh- I mean, but of course, back then, nobody ran anything out of the shotgun either. It doesn't have to be, uh, what's it called? Out of the eye, though, right? No, it doesn't. You can twenty. You can do twenty-one with split out one, or pe- you can out of the pistol. You can do it T? On, out the, of the shotgun. Is, is the T something? Well, you can have your quarterback standing a shotgun, one running back to his right, mm-hmm. one to his left. You mm-hmm. can do that. Mm-hmm. You can do it with out of the pistol, where you got quarterback. You know, pistol formation would be where the quarterback has a running back directly behind him. You've mm-hmm. seen this mm-hmm. out of the shotgun, so it's like a half shotgun. Okay. With with the back behind him, and sometimes you'll see a back next to him as well. So that can work. You can do that. And that'd be 21 if you have a tight end. What's it called if there's one behind him and one to his side? Is that still pistol? If there's one, yeah, that would be pistol. Yeah, that would be pistol. Okay. It would just be like an offset pistol. Oh, okay. Right. You're, <laughs> so you see, like, I don't know how much. When did the Eagles play the Ravens? Uh, it's probably Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so in the Super Bowl, <laughs> when the Eagles are playing the Ravens, mm-hmm. You'll see the pistol used quite a bit mm. because uh, Lamar Jackson is with um, sure. John Harbaugh now. And Greg Roman is John Harbaugh's offensive coordinator, who actually was Jim Harbaugh's offensive coordinator when Colin Kaepernick was at with the 49ers. Mm. And they ran the pistol 
ran a lot of the pistols. So it's a something you can you're gonna do where you know if you got a guy a quarterback who can run, you can do some zone read stuff out of there. Yeah, uh, and you can get a little funky with your run game too. That's a little harder to uh, figure out where the ball is going because if a guy's directly behind him and you're in the shotgun, you don't know if it's this way, that way, whatever yeah. it might be. Um, yeah, that was 21. 22 personnel is the is the other, that's the old hardball package, the heavy two tight ends, two running backs, one receiver. Michigan ran yeah. the shit out of this. Michigan State, too. When when Harbaugh first got here, they ran this all the time. Um, and it's a heavy run package situation. You're doing it if, you, if, you're, ever, if you're confident in your yeah. tight ends. Michigan State did a lot as well. That's when everyone um, around here was losing their minds. They didn't like it because yeah. it's hard except, to get yards this way. Except for the fullbacks. Yeah, that was, yeah the that tight was ends. The fullback revolution yeah. that was here. Right. I was like, did, is, am I in a time machine? Yeah, that's the old, about fullbacks? the old fashioned right. uh, let's get downhill and, and beat somebody up 22. Mm-hmm. Although you can, again, all these personnel groupings, you can spread format, you can spread things out, you can line guys up wherever you want to do them as long as it, it's still within the rules of. Sure. Whatever, but you can you can go into different formations with it. Doesn't have to always be so tight. Um, twenty three would be the last one there. The twenty three would be another goal line. It'd be two backs, three tight ends, no receivers. Mm-hmm. It would be the tightest. What the Lions ran on the last play of the game last week when they lost the Raiders when they got to fourth and one after Matthew Stafford put together another gem of a game, and they take all the receivers <laughs> off the field and go into twenty three and run this bullshit that yeah. Doesn't work and they lose the game. Uh, so those are your your personnel groups. We're you good. can identify those pretty easily within the ten seconds that a guy's standing there, or five seconds, or whatever. Right. And like I said, if it's in twelve, I think that's a cool one. Twelve and twenty-one are kind of neat. You can see different things that come out of those. Uh, those are the ones where it's kind of tough to see. Number one, what they're going to run out of that, but also. If you're in 12 and the defense doesn't have its nickel on the field, let's say, the defense is in a base formation and, mm-hmm. it, and they've got a linebacker trying to cover one of your tight ends, that's a matchup and you're going to hit that. Sure. So you're using personnel groups to try to get mismatches in your pass game, but you're also using personnel groups to try to be variant with your run game. Base formation. Base formation. Definition. Well, I mean, it would be in formation or personnel group. So base formation, like for uh, 4-3, right? And for defense? Yeah. Well, a, a def- there's a couple. <laughs> I mean, there's, it's not as, it's not, it's, it's four, we've talked about this before. Is base formation just that team? Yeah, base default? formation would be your, yeah, if you've got three linebackers on the, most, most teams play in nickel now, so they have five mm-hmm. defensive backs out there, or at least a, a linebacker who can run. <laughs> right. But yeah, it'd be four defensive linemen, uh-huh. two linebackers, yeah. one linebacker-ish type guy, mm-hmm. and then four defensive backs. Yeah, okay. So more or less. But is your base whatever your default is? So if you're a team that, like, yes, we, play the, we, start, we play the 3-4, yeah. and that they're in their 3-4, then that's their base formation. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. You have a home. Yeah, right. They call it, you know, whatever your home gotcha. grouping is defensively. And then offensively, your you know, your base is, it can vary. But, I mean, like we sure. said, most teams are going to run 11-12-21. Gotcha. Uh, most teams with any kind of pro-style you know, influence. I mean, uh, spread teams will do more of the actual four, four receivers on the field. Like, I can't t- – I mean, if I'm watching Michigan State and Michigan, the number of times that I've seen them run actual four receiver sets with four actual receivers in the game at the same time, it's not that not hmm. that often. They generally have a tight end out there. 
And what Michigan has done this year to help itself in a lot of those areas is they've run a lot more of that stuff from a spread formation. So you're spreading the field. You're creating mm-hmm. more space. Because football, like anything else, like basketball and like hockey and like any other game, it's space. You're trying to create space for athletes to get into with how you're aligned, with how you're, you know, with which players you have on the field. You're trying to create right. spatial advantages uh, numbers advantages. You hear you'll hear people talk about that a lot on broadcasts. Mm-hmm. So and so has the numbers here, so they're going to take that. That we can get into that in a minute. When we do the RPO stuff, but uh, most of it's about finding space. And the personnel groups are generally a good idea or a good understanding or give you an understanding maybe of what they're trying to do. It's not going to you know pick the play for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a, it's a better uh, it's it's knowledge that you should have if you're going to look at football and watch it with any kind of uh, we'll say upper level. <laughs> upper level viewing uh, which I'm clearly yeah. ready to be at right. um, so alright so pre-snap yeah. you're, you're looking at the personnel and then what are you looking for next well I think that there's a few different things there um, so we'll skip ahead here I had this down the line motion is is used quite a bit you'll see motion and people will ask like why is yeah. why are they using motion and motion can be used for a few different reasons um Number one, most of what a quarterback's trying to do when he gets to the line of scrimmage is get as much information as he can. Or if you're in college, it's the quarterback plus the sideline. Because we'll see it. You see a lot of Michigan and Michigan State both do this. They they run no huddle now. They do a lot. You see a lot of times where they get to the line of scrimmage, they all stop mm-hmm. and they look to the sideline for the signs and everything else. That is happening because the sideline, the offensive coordinator down there or whoever's down there, is reading the defense basically for the quarterback and right. say, we're going to check out of this now into something else uh, or we're going to stick with it. I mean, it can be more complicated than that, but that's the basic idea. So most of what you're doing pre-snap is trying to gather as much information as you can of what they're doing, mm-hmm. what they're doing against you defensively. So when you send a guy in motion and he comes across the field and you send, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's uh, Elshon Jeffrey goes in motion <laughs> across the field. Yeah. Okay. Or Aguilar goes across, goes motion across the field. Kill me with all these. And games. whoever the if a corner is lined up with him and runs all the way across the field with him, right? You see that if corner mm-hmm. corner is mimicking him, that's man coverage. Right. Generally, is a tell of man coverage. Okay. If he doesn't go with him and they pass him along, zone. It's zone. Right. Um, what you can't see in these TV broadcasts are you can't see the whole secondary. So a lot of times, sometimes you can because they've they've done a better job of extending the camera to mm-hmm. be as high as it can. Um, sometimes you can see it, but for the most part, the quarterback's going to be able to see more of that when he's at the line of scrimmage. So that's what he's looking for. Uh, is it If it's one safety high, it's generally man coverage. If there's two safeties high, it's generally some sort of zone or shell. Mm-hmm. So you kind of know, you have a pretty good idea of what you're going to get. A lot of this is all, you know, what are we going to get before we run this? And it's a lot of information gathering in like 20 seconds. Sure. Um, you know the the offensive line at that point is also identifying its protect you know where the middle linebacker is to set its protection. So a lot of times you'll see that center point at a linebacker yeah. quarterback will point and yell out a number. Fifty two is the Mike. Mike is the middle linebacker. Where he's aligned on the field determines where the offensive line is going to set its protection. So if they're going to slide to the left, they're pointing at the middle linebacker yeah, when they do that. They're IDing where I the thought they were is. pointing at someone who was blitzing. I mean, sometimes there's, like, the offensive line will make some calls depending on, uh, and that gets a little more complicated, and depending on where guys are lined up. 
Um, <laughs> but I th- no, I don't think it's it's necessarily that's like funny. he's blitzing. That's what I, I yeah, was always like. This son of a bitch right here is gonna <laughs> come get me. It's, watch him. No, it's not watch him. That's another great question though because. Yeah. You see that all the time. You see them pointing, and you hear people yelling. You hear the quarterback, yeah. uh, Peyton Manning, right. shouting uh, Omaha right. all the time. Omaha, my understanding of that, all that meant was the next sound I make is the snap. Hmm. If I yell uh, Sunday, I think that that's another one. You hear that yelled a lot. Sunday, Sunday. I mean, that's the next sound I make is the snap. Or snap the ball the next time gotcha. I make a sound, right? Huh. So... That's all that is. A okay. lot of times, that stuff is just nonsense. It's just right. it's, it's, it's most of it means something, but it's not as complicated as, as maybe you think. Mm-hmm. So the, they point, they identify the middle linebacker, and then everyone adjusts to that. Yeah, your offensive line would then set its protection based on where he's aligned. Okay, right. So you're, a lot of times you'll have slide protections. They'll call it where the whole line is sliding left, right, to make the pocket that way, and you and a back will fill maybe behind sure. on the right side or. Everyone's sliding right, and the back will fill to the left. Question. Yeah. If you have, if you're in a nickel, you have two linebackers. You have nickel would be five defensive backs. Yeah. So in theory, you know, you could have two. You could also have one. Okay. So if say say this, like if you time, if you don't have, if you're in any formation that doesn't have three linebackers, how do you have a middle linebacker? Well, that's why they have to ID where it's at. They they say this is where, basically, I think my understanding of it is mm-hmm. is they're. That's for our purposes here offensively. That guy, we're going to call him the middle linebacker on this gotcha. play. And right. we're going to build what we're going to do around where he's at. Okay. Right? Because typically anymore... is usually the same You're guy. only going to have two inside line. You're not going to have okay. three in there. Okay. It's not... You know, a lot of times they have what, what they call overhang players where they come out and they're mm-hmm. those big safeties that used to be safeties that are now right. linebacker-ish guys. Big guys who can run. But for the most part... There's two guys in there. See, because when what I was a kid... With? The Mike and the Will, which would be the weak side linebacker. Right. When I was a kid and I played Madden, yeah. I liked the 4-3. Yeah. Because I liked having those outside yeah, yeah, yeah. linebacker splits. I also liked the nickel when you'd have the one <laughs> the one guy blitz. You just like the blitz a lot. <laughs> well, you also you got to understand that every time you blitz, uh, somebody's got to take over for that guy's area. Well, certainly. Right? It's not always the answer. Risk I hear that all them. the time. Why aren't they bringing more pressure? Well, sometimes... The quarterback handles that pretty well, mm-hmm. and the offensive line picks it up pretty well. Sure, and you got problems when that happens. So if you're vacating an area with a guy who's blitzing, somebody else has got to cover there, right? It's not, <laughs> it's not just automatically, you know, sure, a, an area where they can't throw the ball. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. So yeah, that was motion. We talked about that. We talked about personnel groups, pre-snap stuff. Most of it is again, it's uh, they're they're up there trying to figure out what the defense is in as mm-hmm. best they can before they run a play. A lot of times in the NFL um, and in college, you'll see them go up there with two plays to the line of scrimmage, yeah. a run and a pass, and it'll be if they're in zone coverage, we're going to run the ball. Or if the numbers dictate that where we want to run the ball here, they're overloading, where we have they have more guys than we can block, we're going to throw it. Yes. We're going to check out, right? So that's, in the college anyway, that's as far as an audible would go. Uh, I get a lot of those questions, too. I get Michigan State fans have asked me a ton about how much is Brian Lewerke as a senior allowed to audible. Hmm. And I don't know every detail of, of that, but I, for the most part, I would assume that they'll run some things where he's got run checks out of a pass or vice versa. But a lot of times now, too, you get, we, we'll get into this in a minute, is the RPO changes a lot of that, where you right. have a read in the middle of a play. Gotcha. 
So we've done all this. We haven't even snapped the ball yet. Pre-snap question. Yeah. When the lineman checks in as eligible, or whatever the term is. Eligible, yeah, tackle eligible. Tackle eligible. Right. One, what does that mean? And two, it feels like it's like a decoy a lot of the time. Well, I think it, because you have to have so many guys on the line of scrimmage, and you have to have so many guys off the line of scrimmage. What is it? Six? I can't. I always get that one. I have to look, but mm-hmm. it's like whatever. So there are rules to how many people can be on the line. Sometimes you see a legal formation. Certain guys also can't be covered up by another guy outside of them. So I'm not going to get into all these rules because mm-hmm. that, that turns into it. Tackle eligible basically means um, the guy is eligible is an eligible receiver. Okay, He's able to go out for a pass. It doesn't always mean that's going to happen. A lot of times it's just you're bringing in a third tackle with a tackle number, uh-huh. wearing 70, whatever, to run block. You're bringing in an extra offensive lineman. Okay, uh, It doesn't necessarily mean that guy's going to go out for a pass. Sometimes you see that. Uh-huh. Uh, but most of the time, when it's a guy, just an extra when an extra lineman comes in and reports the official is eligible with his offensive line number, and he can still because he doesn't line have, up like all the other linemen. Yeah, he can line like Michigan will do things now and again where you'll see them put like their backup left tackle in number eighty, mm-hmm. which is a receiver number, and put him in the game as an extra tackle. But technically, he's a tight end. So if he's lined up in a legal formation with a catchable number because that's another thing too numbers are you have to report if you you can't be a a receiver with number 75 it's got to be 80 what is it 80 or above or 80 to 9 80 to 89 and I think it is it's one through is that something is that why if you go into a, maybe if you go into a goal line formation you can't just put 10 offensive linemen on the field or no you? it would have to be like or is everyone just report could, eligible? I mean yeah you could but it would be the yeah that would go into the illegal formation conversation and everything else about how you're lining up. Maybe maybe we'll do that another week. Yeah, I mean there's a <laughs> deeper you know I haven't I haven't gotten all that written down in front of me. And again, I am not a coach or a football expert. I just have watched a lot of this stuff. Um, so offensive line play. I do love all the penalties that happen. That yeah, I really have no idea yeah, what's maybe happening. We should but do I an just, episode on that. Right? I just get real pissed. What this stuff means. Uh, what it doesn't mean. A legal man downfield. Never yeah. know what the hell is going on with that. I just get... I just, a legal man downfield, so that would be another... Yeah, where officials. it's like... <laughs> so, a legal formation... So, real quick. You have to have seven guys on the line of scrimmage. So, okay. a lot of times you see a guy... I don't think I said six earlier. It's seven. Okay. You have to have a guy um, out... Like, on the, you'll see a receiver that goes out wide... He lines up on the line. On a lot of times you see him check with the ref. Yes. I'm. Am I on the line? Yes. And the ref says you're good. Okay. So the slot guy will be behind, you know, like off the line of yeah. scrimmage, right? And sometimes you'll see a tight end off the line of scrimmage, not on the line of scrimmage. Okay. So anything fewer than, I think it's anything fewer than seven on the line of scrimmage is an illegal formation. Hmm. Also with motion, you can't have two guys going at once. Okay. Guys have to stop if they're in horizontal motion. There's no vertical motion in NFL football or American football. Right. In Canada, they can do the thing where they guys are running run out backward of, and running go out of the tunnel forward. onto the field. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's none of that. You can only go horizontal motion. Uh-huh. Um, and if, and if you know, Elshon Jeffrey's coming in motion across the formation, he has to come to a stop before the ball is snapped. He can't sure. run and go. Right. Because another part of that reason why you run motion sometimes is to get off of press coverage where you have a receiver, you move him in motion so that corner has to follow him and he can't stand there and just jam into the guy. Mm-hmm. So that's part of another reason why you would run it. There's mm-hmm. other reasons as well too, but 
that's sort of how the formation and everything else works. So, so seven on the line scrimmage, no more, no less. You have to have seven. Okay. Yeah. And at least I think it's a at least seven. I think you can actually have more. Okay. In theory. Okay. I think that's how it works. It's seven at the line of scrimmage. But if you had like ten or whatever, right. like on the line, yeah. like that's illegal. You can't do that. Oh, okay. Same time, if you had two, you know, you can't do that either. You can't line everybody else up in the backfield or have guys standing all over the place. I mean, there are certain <laughs> certain rules here that have to be followed. Right. But um, anyway, so well, we're cooking along here. We're moving. We need to take a break, I think, uh, because when we come back. Is, is my level of understanding worse than you thought? No, 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 it's about what I thought. We just got hung up on the uh, personnel packages for quite a while. But we're going to take a quick break here. I guess we do have to take a pause. And then we're going to come back on the other side and finish this up. So hang with us. We'll be right back. (laughs) 